I can't read when it's like this. Perfect. Huh? And just like that, Justin died. I'm back. Oh no! <laughs> Vampire! Mind Gap Podcast. Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. <laughs> and you were not prepared for I that. I was, sh- for some reason, it shocked me. I literally just said, you ready to do this? You're like, yes. And I was like, ha! Because usually I, there's like, a, you ready to do this? Yes. All right, cool. Here we go. There's usually a little lead-in. Not just a, we're into it. We're doing it. It's live. I'm into it. Yeah. 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 Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Justin. I'm Doug. That's weird. I know. It doesn't feel right, does no. it? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like Oats and Hall. Yeah, it doesn't sound right. Oh no! No, no. Oh, hold on. We need to take a we need to take a second to just do opposite yeah. names of things. Robin and Batman. That's not too bad. Oh, it's in Garfunkel. No, it's Garfunkel and Simon. Oh, Simon and Garfunkel. No, Garfunkel and Simon. Oh, the race car driver. Yeah. <laughs> Manning Peyton. Well, so, that you're just I, saying. Am I doing it right? No, you're you've missed the game. <laughs> you. You're just saying names as they would appear in the Disney phone book Walt. now. Nope, that's the, just the phone book. Long dick. You're just describing yourself at this point. Nope. <laughs> Average dick. <laughs> Pretty, you know, moderate. I'm okay with that. I'll be fine with average. <laughs> I'm all right with that. I always Doug. looked at that. I was like, if you get too long, you kind of people don't want to be around you. Well, I mean, okay, that's a weird way of saying it, but yeah, okay. It's true. <laughs> Your sexual interaction is not going to be as great as you think it is if you have uh, a wiener that's too big. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just you know, can you fit it all in? Probably not. How was your Thanksgiving, man? Great. I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good, you know? Um, I got pink eye. You got, so Natalie Con, Natalie had conjunctivitis. It. Natalie had and it. bronchitis. She passed it along to you. I don't think it was from her. I think it was from all the uh, congestion and stuff that I had. Oh really? Yeah. Because actually, I you know I think the doctor was lying to me. Never mind. They're like, you know, kids don't catch it the same way adults do. I'm like, yeah. Wait, they're humans. They it's are. not like dogs get an infection. But kids and are he- putting their mouth and faces and everything. So, so are you. You shut your <laughs> mouth. And face. And face. Just because I was rubbing my... F- Never mind. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I got fucking pink eye again. That it sucks. Was awful. Didn't you say you had gone basically your whole life mm-hmm. without getting it until you had a child and yep. now you've had it twice? Until November of last year, I was good. And then Natalie got it and then I got it in both eyes. Well, it wasn't from her because kids catch it differently apparently, than adults. Apparently, I was rubbing my face on her face and I got it, apparently, because I love her. I don't know. Right. Uh, we were doing butterfly kisses? Because Natalie didn't even have it anymore by the time that I got it. Oh, really? Yeah, no, she was long done with it. That can live dormant <laughs> on surfaces for weeks. For weeks at yeah. a time. Like you think it's gone, but it's on your cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right now. It's right now. Cup. It's probably staring you in the face, and you don't it's even know like it. Going, Anytime now. Anytime. Tonight, you. <laughs> Tonight, we strike. Yeah, it's just 
It's awful. It's gross. It's not painful. It's just disgusting. I haven't knocked wood. I have not had pink eye in, in quite some time. Oh, man. Again. I've woken up with some crusties, and I was nervous, but it was just crusties. It's definitely one of those things, like, if, if I have to get anything and it's pink eye, I can live with that. It just sucks because, like, immediately you're not going anywhere. Right. You got you're, you're super contagious. You're locking yourself down. And you just, it's just, it feels gross. Your eyes are watery. Yeah. And you wake up and you've just got blurred vision because you got gunk in your eye. Right. You got, you know, yellow discharge and stuff. It's just, it's disgusting. The best thing, taking a shower. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, get out of my eyes. <laughs> And then, like an hour after, you start feeling it building up again. You're like, "God damn it!" Another shower. It's just, ugh, it's yeah. just. You, I've rarely have I felt as gross as I do as when I have pink eye. See, that's the weird thing, though, is that it's just in your eye. Yeah. It's not like you've got like the body aches, like a fever, it's or not lethal, you or know? you're, you know, you're, you've got like cold sweats, so you can't get, you can't regulate your body temperature, you're coughing, or, you're not having fever dreams right. or anything like that. Nothing fun like that, you know. No. It's, you're just it's not like guys. You know, I need to need to come home because Grandpa's in the hospital. He's got pink eye. Like those kinds of conversations. He's don't got happen. the pink eye. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, kids. We may have to put them down. It's probably the worst thing to have to stay home with because you're just like, look, I'm fine. Otherwise, I just can't see. It's one of those things where it's like when you say it, people immediately are like, ugh. Right. It's, it's like saying you have ringworm and people are like, oh, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I remember when I was just in, in, I wrestled. So ringworm was just prolific. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's actually a fungus. It's not actually a worm. Um, but it's just, it comes from just not cleaning yourself good enough. Yeah. And usually the, uh, the remedy, the quick remedy, because you can take medication, but that can take weeks and okay. that can mean several matches where you don't wrestle. Yeah. Nice quick remedy. Nice little cotton ball, a little bit of bleach. Basically really? burning, burning it off of your skin. Awesome. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. You can get staph infections from that, but. I've definitely done that where they're like, we need you to be able to wrestle tomorrow. Let's burn it off. What is a staph infection? Uh, I literally just heard someone's. Oh, they were the Today Show was doing a whole piece this morning on uh, makeup in in stores. Okay, the tester makeups that you can do, like you can test what it looks like on yourself. That's really got the unhy- unhygienic. Absolutely. So they were talking about it because there's supposed to be a certain standard that you know they get they get disinfected or swapped out or something on a you know whatever but they were showing hidden camera footage and like people like the girls were you know putting the grabbing the lipstick un- uh, twisting it up and then just applying it like they were Ugh. in their bathroom then putting it right back next girl comes up Ugh. they do the same thing and they're like hepatitis can get spread that herpes. way herp like you can get any or not hep- maybe it was herpes maybe yeah. not hep but yeah herpes they were like, there's so many different things, and one of the things was staff. They were talking about, and they actually, so they sent their producer in to with a, a, a swab. Oh god! And she swabbed a bunch of stuff in like Sephora, Macy's, Ulta, and something else. And they sent them all to the lab, and the lab results came back, and most of them had AIDS. Herpes, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. One of them just was death. Yeah. That's all it was. It was. It was called death. Yeah. Yeah. But it was. It's, it's funny because a lot of them came back with staff. With I don't know what staff is, but yeah. the staff. Virus, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty. I know it's bad. Like, I think it's usually skin related. Okay. I think. I don't know. I just know whenever I've heard that, that's not any regular infection. That's like a bad, right? A bad one. Wayne, what is staph infection? Wayne, let us know. Let us in know. The comments. Just comment on this episode and please let us know. Because I mean, I have a uh, the internet right in front of me. I don't want to look it up. Yeah, we've already got our stuff pulled up for the episode. I so. don't want to change tabs. It's yeah. too much. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just remember burning that shit off, and I remember uh, when I went into track season. Did it hurt when you bleached your skin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a great feeling. Yeah. It wasn't like acid being poured on your skin, but your skin's like, ah, okay, because you're also like rubbing. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Um, but yeah, it had to happen to me a couple of times, where and the person that they were having do it was like uh, a high school kid who was like the trainer's assistant, <laughs> and she was doing big swipes. Like on my back, right. so she was getting this giant area. There's just just the thing. It's just a little one. It's just a little area. It's about the size of a quarter. Stop. Yeah, yeah, she was going hog wild on that. She was doing dinner plate size. Yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah, Swats smiley your face. Back. You know, <laughs> she's drawing shit yeah. on your back, and you're like, well, I'd be mad, it. but that's impressive. Yeah, and uh, I remember after the season would be over, like a bunch of the wrestlers would do track. We'd be like laying on the uh, the high jump mats, and this girl was just always like, "Get the fuck off the mats! You guys are gross." <laughs> the wrestlers yeah, laying on the mats. You guys have ringworm. I'm like, we don't have ringworm. She goes, "Whatever, get off the mats. I don't want that on the mats." I was always like, "What's fuck that you. big red mark on your back?" <coughs> it's art. It's a staph infection. <laughs> totally different. Totally Not different. Contagious. Oh wait, never in mind. It might be. Who knows. I got it from putting lipstick on my back. Yeah, it's totally different. Totally different. Yeah, but yeah, it's like ringworm and pink eye. People are like, gross. Like, get away from me. I don't think I've ever had... I don't have as much interaction with ringworm or as many as encounters with ringworm. So I can't speak to that, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I've, I've dealt with it a lot for my wrestling career. Naturally. So, yeah. yeah, that's why it's really important that every day... It's really important that you clean the mats. It's really important that you shower when you're done. Right. Like... Because a lot of times uh, people would just like when they were done with wrestling practice, they would just like hop in their cars and go home. Yeah. And then in that time, they probably wouldn't shower for a couple hours later, which is also pretty gross. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, no, you need to shower immediately. Really? So it's like it, it, if you leave and let it sit for a couple hours, it's not good. It can sink in. Well, just, you think about all of the sweat, all of the, you know, the dust and yeah. stuff. Like I remember our coaches would mop the, the mats every day before practice with bleach and stuff like that. Wow. And they clean the mats every single day. Um, when you smell sure. bleach, does it to take you back to that time? Sometimes, yeah. Because yeah. we had to make sure that they were clean and ready to go. And then, um, you know, just a bunch of sweaty dudes constantly <laughs> yeah. in contact with each other. And it's skin to skin. It's not like, you know, basketball, you may touch other people, but like football, obviously. But this is direct contact at right. all times. You guys are fully nude. Yeah. You, I mean, it's right on top Greased of each other. and yeah. ready to go. You know, it's yeah. like... You know, you got to do moves like the butt drag and right. things like that. And know? if you think that Vaseline is going to form a protective barrier, it does not. And if anything, it collects it. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So don't use Vaseline when you're, you know, Roman Gecko wrestling. Roman Gecko? Greco. Is it Gecko? Is it Greco? Is it straight from the Gecko's mouth? It's, it's you know, you got it's, it's right from the Gecko. Right from the Gecko? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right from the beginning. <laughs> right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. <laughs> right Greco Roman wrestling. Is it Greco Roman? Yeah. Not Roman Greco. Not Roman Greco. Or not Roman Gecko either. Not, not neither. Is those. it Roman Geico? It's not Roman Geico. Do you know what Roman? Is it Roman Gogo? Do you know what Greco Roman wrestling is? Just? Roman Go Kart. No. 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 Roman Simmons. Mm -mm. No. No. Roman. No. 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 What is it? <laughs> Is it naked wrestling? <laughs> it's, not, it's not naked wrestling, no. When do you get naked? Uh, you don't anymore. Uh, back in the I've day. seen pictures of ancient Romans, and they were naked. They were. They did things. They did everything. They sprinted naked. They did everything naked. Right. You know. They had it all figured out, apparently. We're so there's Roman Greco wrestling, and there's Roman Greco, Greco sprinting? Greco Roman. Greco Roman sprinting? Greco Roman wrestling. Greco Roman disc throwing? <laughs> sure. And Greco Roman farming? There you go. And it's just the, uh, the Greco-Roman means you did it naked. Yes. 
I'm pretty sure that's right. I think you nailed it. Wayne? Wayne, look that up for us. <laughs> no, what does it mean? What is it? Uh, essentially, uh, Greco-Roman wrestling means you can't use your legs. So it's all upper body throws. Oh, interesting. Throws. Okay. So I was not good at that. No. Did you I, try it? Uh, there was a couple times where our coach would be like, all right, guys, Greco-Roman style, go, because you need to work on your throws. I'm like, I know one throw. <laughs> It's the throw that everyone knows, and everyone knows how to defend. Was it just a hip throw? It was the hip throw. It was a head throw. Oh. So it's just you grab their arm, cross your body, and you essentially get their head under here, and then you would just pop your hips. But everyone knew it. Not to say that it couldn't be useful, because if you practiced it and you timed were it right. good at it, yeah. But that's the only one I knew. Yeah. So it's like, it's like all right, practice your throws. I'm like, I know one. So everyone knew what that to... or the suplex. That's the only thing I know. Right. Everyone knew what when they went in for when they shot in. They're like, well, just look out for this because Doug's going to try that, and then yeah. we're good. Yeah. Well, yeah, but if you couldn't shoot in on me if we're doing Greco-Roman because it's only upper body, so. But can't you shoot it? Oh, so you can't use your legs. You can't. You also can't shoot to the. You legs. can't. You can't shoot to the. Oh, legs at all. I didn't it's know all that. All up waist and above. Okay, gotcha. So it's it's. Yeah, it's all very interesting. I'm like, I can suplex people, but that's about the best. <laughs> I can throw some bows. You know, just start throwing these in there. Just about the gotcha. thing I was good at. Yeah. Just get behind, pop the hips, pull them down. That's all I could do. Pin them. Pin them. One, two. Th- oh, he's up. He threw the shoulder up. That's kind of how it works. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, there's no greater rush than when you are wrestling with another human being and you pin them to the ground. And the crowd's like chanting and excited. Yeah, you hear the, the the rumble, and then when the ref slaps the mat, like the eruption. Yeah, the the adrenaline the adrenaline rush from that is fucking insane. Yeah, there's something so primal. Did they count to three, or is it just they at basically one? they would look and they would see you basically in high school. You have to have their both shoulders on the mat for two seconds. Okay, they wouldn't count or anything like that. They would just kind of wait, and then they'd slap the mat. They'd so one slap indicated that you're done. You got pinned. Yeah. Interesting. And man, we our wrestling team was one of the few things that was really good at my school. Yeah. And it was really a pretty big deal to be a part of it. And I remember doing our meets. We'd have we'd start out strong with the first two wrestlers, then we were kind of weak for like most of the middle part, and then from weight one sixty to heavyweight, we were awesome. Yeah. The papers called us Murderers Row. Nice. Because we were just all really, really good. So we basically would start strong with the first two, and then we would lose significantly, and then we'd have to win ourselves back on the back like six classes. So, so you almost forced your guys, forced yourselves into this comeback moment every time. Yeah, like this exciting, like, all right, guys, let's rally. Like we basically, like all of us, we kind of like looked at each other, like, all right, we got to win this. So it was really intense. So like I was uh, my senior year, I was in the second to last wit class. So. I had to I had to perform well. So, so you were the it was you were the big show. Yeah, I it was guess the main event. I remember I got so mad because it came down to the wire. Yeah, like we had to. It was basically it had to be we had to pin this guy to win, and the guy that was wrestling at my weight, I was like, I'm going to destroy this guy. I know who he is. I was like, he has no. I started the tape. I have no. He has no chance. But what they did was, and you can do this in wrestling, was they at the last minute they gave me a buy meaning that I would automatically win my match, but then they bumped him up one level to heavyweight because our heavyweight at the time wasn't experienced at all, and they were going to take their chances at that. So it was a very strategic move. So I was all pumped. I was walking out. I'm like, I'm going to fucking destroy this guy. I'm like, where the fuck is he? And then they just raised my hand. I was like, what? No. I was like, what? I was looking. I was like, no. They can just... Choose to bump him up weight class. You can go up a weight class, but you can't drop a weight class. It, but you can only go up one weight class. 
Correct. So like someone like three weight classes down couldn't go up to the heavyweight class. Correct. Okay. Because that's just dangerous. Right. So they took a guy who was 215 and they bumped him up to heavyweight. Which is what, 220? Uh, the, it's a maximum of 275. Oh, jeez. So it's, it's anything from that's two, a big boy. 216 to 275. Yeah. yeah. Usually it was just the fat kids. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to take our 215 and put him against your heavyweight because our heavyweight was very inexperienced. What, what was what was his weight? Uh, I think he was like maybe 240. Oh, okay. That's a significant... So, yeah. Pound, pound advantage. What sucked was that in Iowa, they didn't have a 215 weight weight class, so yeah. I had to wrestle heavyweight. Okay. So I was like, fuck this. So it's you were like, going up against guys who... I were, went yeah. up against guys who barely made weight. Yeah. Like, who were just like, they were overweight at the 275 marker. Are you fucking kidding so me? So fat large, so I couldn't do any of my normal tactics. Right. Because all they would do is just grab me and roll around, and I, there's nothing I could do. Because they got you. Well, as soon as that weight comes on top of you, you're fighting against. Yeah, there's nothing I could do. I was quicker than them. Yeah, but it's like if I shoot in on them, they just fall on me. Right, and I'm like, oh god. Now you're like, expending your energy trying to push that weight off of you. And all the things that I did, the agility and stuff, it was irrelevant to them because I couldn't pin them because yeah. they would just throw me yeah. off of them. So it was. But I mean, I would assume that most of them weren't in great shape, though. No. So just tire them out. Could you dance around a little bit and tire them out? I usually just got mad i didn't have the best mental uh acuity in those situations yeah, yeah, yeah. i was i get mad i'm like why the fuck do i have to wrestle this guy yeah i was like i'm so far like i'm like i am at best 210 this guy's absolutely 275 yeah it's like this is not a fair match right at all not even close i was like i've wrestled with guys you know who are 60 pounds lighter than me I was like, that's like wrestling someone who's like at 160 and i'm right. 210 right actually be more like 150 and I'm like, how can, easy was I it? I can for, destroy yeah. that guy because right. he's little. I was like, it's not, he's not even the fair, but I had to do it. Yeah. I was like, fuck this. I was just had a bad attitude about it. I always it. wonder what I would have been like in wrestling. I don't know if I, I don't know. You, you have MMA background. Yeah. Though, I, yeah. I have some, yeah. But, uh, but just in straight, but that's, there's, there's a difference with, yeah. <laughs> between MMA and what you can do in wrestling. True. Yeah. Um, but I just, I was always, that was always one thing where I would walk by. Because I was in gymnastics, mm-hmm. which was a laugh. <laughs> and every time I walked by, you should never have been in gymnastics. Every time I walked by the wrestling room to get to the gym, mm-hmm. the gymnastic, the gymnasium, um, or the, the tumbling room, if you will, mm-hmm. um, I was always, I would always walk by and see them doing their drills and everything. I'm like, that's cool. Like, I wonder how. I think you would have done. I, but the thing is, I don't know if I would have had the emotional. What did you call it? The emotional acuity. Uh, I definitely like, I don't, don't. I don't know. I don't know how I would have dealt with. I don't know if I could have handled it. I don't know. I struggled a lot with it. I definitely look back as with fond memories of yeah. those because, dude, when you make it through a season, you feel like nothing can stop. You. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're coming out like a chiseled human being. Yeah. Just you're in such good shape. See, I, I feel like I would have been the heavyweight. Absolutely, though. How much did you weigh in high school? I mean, I was probably. I had to have been up in the two twenty. Okay, you area cut down to two fifteen though. Probably. I mean, if I trained. For Dude, anything. if you trained, you should have seen me in my unitard. Yeah, right. Ooh, Woo! Pillsbury. Um, but yeah, I mean, you probably would have easily lost weight just doing the training. Probably, stuff. yeah. And if uh, I actually put effort into something, the in worst high part was starting wrestling. Yeah, because you're like, fuck. For the first two weeks, you're like, oh, this is gonna suck. <laughs> and I remember one of our first meets uh, the of the year. I think it was my junior year. Um, I was wrestling against this team who was always like really good yeah and we always tried to beat them in a duel um that was a dual meet meaning it wasn't like i challenge you to a duel. <laughs> yeah and uh this guy um he was from this the team was called helias and um i was wrestling and i had no were you guys from david we were not from david <laughs> david and helias 
Well done. Thank you. Um, actually, I think it was my sophomore year. I had no expectations that I was going to beat this guy. Yeah. Zero. None. This guy was a strapping young lad who was just a monster. I was like, there's no fucking way. Uh, I ended up pinning him. And I was like so shocked that it happened. Yeah. And I remember getting up going like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? And I realized that he was on the football team. And he hadn't had much training because they went to the playoffs. Um, and later on in the season, around I think it was districts, um, I realized that he'd only had one loss on the entire season. And that was me at the beginning of the season. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, so he's coming back for blood is what you were thinking. While I was there going, the reason why he lost is because he wasn't in shape yet. Right. He had come to the wrestling team not in shape, and the only person that he had lost to was me. And he tore me a new asshole. <laughs> really? Just destroyed me. And when it was over, he shook my hand. He goes, I got you back. I'm like, yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did, sir. I and, love the uh, fact that there was that respect there, though. He's just like, he's like I got you back. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. Fair play. I remember That's my coach going, dude, you didn't even try. I'm like, I kind of did. Like, I mean, what was I going to do? <laughs> He's like, you were mentally... I was like, dude, he's like 36-1. and one. I was the one person at the beginning of the season. I and was like, his first match. And you're just like, you're damn right. You were the one person. I was like, that's bullshit. That guy's such a better wrestler than I am. And he, I think he went on to win state or get second. Like, the guy was a monster. But you can hang your head on the fact that you beat the what guy who do? won state. Yay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Good for me. You hang that in your mantle, Doug. No. Yeah. Not at all. Tell your daughter, say, when daddy was in fucking school... When, you know Let what me tell I you did. the story of the man who got fourth place at state. The story everyone wants to hear. <laughs> Natalie, when your father was in high school, yeah. I beat state. <laughs> well, that's something that's funny, too, because when I went to state, uh, my senior year, um, it was the quarterfinals. I was going go, going up against this guy, and, man, he just was, like, mentally yeah. frustrated. Like, he was really, really, like... The stuff he was trying wasn't working, and I beat him, and I was, like, shocked because I was going to the semifinals, and this is my problem with me, which I still think exists to this day. I was aiming really low. Yeah. I was like, I want a medal. That's all I want to do. I made it to the semifinals. I'm like, I'm guaranteed to medal, and I I lost the semifinals match 5-4. to four. Okay. I was so close, close to yeah. going to the – but in my mind, I was like, there's no way I'm going to go to the national championship. I sh- mentally, I was, was not where I needed to be in sports when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah, I was not mentally competitive. And so I lost five to four. And in my mind, I'm like, whatever, I'm, I'm reaching my goal. <laughs> the guy that I beat in the quarterfinals just tore ass All through the losers' yeah. bracket. And I met him for a th- third place medal. Yeah. The dude just wiped the mat with me. Did he? Just – he was like – just because he was, he had all the pressure for yeah, him yeah, was yeah. to try and get, and he lost to this guy, and uh, that guy that was coming for you. And that was a very disappointing uh, third place match, which is why I got fourth. That guy just tore me a new ass. Yeah, he was like, Rah! just like on a rampage yeah. ever since he lost to me, and I was like, hey, we meet again, <laughs> hey buddy. Yeah, and I was like, man, if I could have tried a little bit harder, I could have been. I don't think I would have won state, but it would have been pretty cool to go for the championship. Oh yeah, man, have been pretty awesome. Again, just. If I could go back, I'd be like, dude. Try. I was like, get your focus a little bit better. I was just so happy-go-lucky. Like I was just like, I'm playing sports. Right. And I loved doing it. I had so much fun. 
But I did not have that killer instinct. Yeah. I did not have that sort of like, I'm going to destroy this person. Yeah. I'm like, I'm too nice. I just can never quite summon all that that fury. Yeah. Which is why when I see like professional like athletes doing that on the court or yeah. on the field, I'm like, guys, knock it off. But I'm like, no, that's their job. They need to be in that state. They have to yeah. be in that state where they're like, I will destroy you every single play because I'm going to win. Right, right. And I did not have that yeah. at all. I was just thrilled to be there. I still feel like I don't have – like there's there are those people who, who, who walk through life and they are – they just have that in everything they do – They've got that instinct. They've got that I'm gonna win this. No one else is no one else is besting me. And in it's in business, in you know, sports, in whatever it is, you know, it, it any anywhere where you're going against someone else, yeah. whatever it is. And I feel like the same where I've just never had that killer instinct, as you call it. Like I've never yeah. had that thing where I'm like I know I'm gonna fucking you know take this. Even in video games, when but, we used to in high in college, you know, Milos and Bob and I would always play video games. And I knew where my place was. My place was the guy who I would, like in Halo, I would run up to a wall and I would face the wall so no one could see where I was. Like You couldn't screen watch and figure out where I was. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I saw someone else getting close to me, I'd blow myself up with a rocket launcher. (laughs) And I was like, fuck you, next! And I would just just fuck with people because I I never had the confidence that I was good enough to, to to win, even in that. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that has affected me in like in life too. You know, sure. what I mean? like I'm, I just I've never had that, I've never had that that like uber competitive. I feel like I am competitive. I want to be competitive. I want to win, but I don't have that killer instinct where I'm willing to do whatever it takes. It's the mental toughness there. Yeah, that like my my dad told me the story of like one of his favorite shot putters, his collegiate athletes, and uh, this woman. I think it was. I don't know if it was conference or if it was nationals. I remember the stakes were pretty high. Yeah. And uh, this woman was throwing, and she threw her, her PR, personal record. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the girl after her then threw, like, a foot farther than her PR. Okay. And this woman came back was like, I don't give a shit. I'm going <laughs> to beat her. And she threw, like two feet further beyond that. No shit. That would have mentally broken me. You'd like, like, I, I would have been like, I can't I've never thrown that far before. Right. But this woman was like, doesn't matter. I'm going to beat you. It's amazing that someone and can do that. I remember him telling me that story and I was just, even then I was like, I don't fucking have that. Like, right. dude, psychological warfare would break me in an instant. Yeah. Like, I, I can't handle that. Where do you think that comes from? Do you think that like someone's question. born with that or is that something that you can, like, anyone can tap into? I think a part of it comes from experience and training. Okay. Because... Where you know where... Well, you know what? Yes. I Go ahead. I've, I've got a, a thought on that, but go ahead. Because I remember... Um, it's so funny because uh, there was a defining moment in my senior year of wrestling where uh, I had two coaches, the head coach, who was just... you. The last thing you wanted to do was disappoint him. He was such a nice guy. Yeah. Worked really hard. Was like super just like so generous with his time. And then there was an assistant coach who was the short guy who was like the asshole. Yeah. You loved him and respected him, but man, he would he was the one that made you do sprints. He was he was the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. He was good dad and, ba- and, and bad dad. <laughs> and we were all kind of at a rough spot after uh, during our, our winter break and we were we were taking we were doing some practices and he just went around the circle and was calling people out for everything and he came up to me he goes, "Doug, stop being a fucking pussy." And like it really hurt my feelings, which me. <laughs> hey, I was just like, because in front of everyone, nice. he's like, yeah. "You need to quit being a fucking pussy," and I was just like, "What 
this is not appropriate. I remember telling my dad, and I think my dad was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And Dougie's right. But he was 100% right. Yeah. Like, I didn't go out there with the aggression that I needed to. I think part of it also comes from um, – it's, it's almost like uh, kind of knowing your lines for a play. Okay. If you know your lines, you can just go out there and be your character. You're not going to worry about yeah. missing your beats. You're not going to worry about missing your lines. You can just play in that environment. I feel like it's the same thing. With with, with wrestling, I don't think I – I rarely had a situation where I was just playing. Yeah. I was always thinking. I was always trying to calculate because I had a couple of good move, moves that I was good at, but yeah. they were basic. <clears throat> okay. But I was really good at them. Okay. So you never – it was never uh... – you perfected the basics, never went on to the advanced levels. Yeah, so like my my stuff that I was good at, well, I was tall, lanky, so um, if I got a guy down, I would do what's known as leg riding. Okay. I would get my legs in their legs, and I would try to break them down from yeah. that sort of stuff. Uh, if I was on my feet, um, I was really good at doing a two-leg takedown. Okay. Um, I was pretty what powerful. Was shoot in, grab both the legs, pull yeah. them to their back? Basically, yeah. yeah. And then I was really good when I was down of escaping. Okay. I took great pride in being... Uh, an escape artist. You could shrimp out? I just tried so hard. I remember the one thing that I beat anyone else on in my first year of wrestling was on the entire team, I had by far the most escapes out of anybody. Nice. I was very proud of that, and I took that with me. I was like, no matter what, I'm escaping. Right. I'm getting one point. Because some guys would go for the reversal because you get two points. I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting out. Yeah. I'm getting out, I'm getting my one. I can do, yeah, I can do more damage if I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't want to sit there and try to do And the no one gave you the nickname Houdini? No. God damn it! I'm gonna fucking chastise. Actually, I, there is there is a, a move called the Houdini. Yeah, but no, fucking... no, it was it was a Gramby, Gramby roll, which you might as well call it Houdini. If you pulled it off, you're like, wow, he just Houdini'd out of there. Yeah, this amazing like somersault move that you did. But if you led the team in escapes, yeah. then fucking I want to chastise every single one of your teammates for not giving you the nickname Dude, it was, Houdini. It was seventh grade. Come Fuck on. them. Cut them with some slack. No, never. You guys <laughs> missed your fucking opportunity. Yeah, there was an awesome move called the Gramby roll. It yeah. always just seemed like showing off, but some guys perfected it really well. Yeah. And they would just like roll out of the down position. You're like, Jesus, what the fuck? You're gonna have to show me after we're done with the with the episode. He and pressed forward forward B like really quick. I, I just hope just, Beth does not walk in yeah. as you're as we're writhing on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, but you said you were gonna say something about like developing that, oh, that yeah. killer instinct. The well, it's not the killer instinct, but it's 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 tapping into uh, pushing yourself to a certain point. I I mean, and I had this thought when I ran the marathon. Yeah, I, I was running those you know twenty six point two miles when I was first starting the training for it, and I was running four miles, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh Christ, like how in the fuck am I gonna yeah. do that six more t- like six times over plus some? You know, like yeah. And then I got up to this, you know, the six mile mark, and I still went. How the fuck am I going to do twenty six of these? You know, ten mile mark, half half marathon, thirteen point one. I was like, I got to do that again. There's no fucking way I can do two of those. And you just keep building up. And I I realized as I was running, and I'd taken a month off, and I over the holiday weekend, I just got back into it, and I was. I started out by going, I'll go for a nice easy six mile run after not running for a month, and I'm like. Oh boy, I gotta build this back up again. But in the middle of that six mile run, I started to feel that fuck. I, I maybe I just do three today, or maybe I just did four. And I said no, fuck it, and I just kept pushing because I knew I was able to do it. Yeah. And so it's I think to what you were saying is that you 
you it was something you had said with you've never thrown to that point before. Yeah. So you're like, I can't do it. Yeah. And there's some people who are like, I know I like they you're just like, I know I can do it. I've just never pushed myself to the point. Yeah. I've never pushed myself past that edge before. Yeah. And I think it's a matter of finding finding the edge. Sure. And just seeing what what happens when I tip just past that. Yeah. You know, and I and I I've never in my life been able to do that until I started training for the marathon. Yeah. It's the first time I saw that I can I'm physically able to push myself past a point and even mentally because quite frankly a lot of what the marathon was was getting over the mental hump sure. of you can do this it's just will you commit to doing it you know yeah. and will you commit to this program will you commit to the program <laughs> um but in in doing that i think when you make the decision to mentally commit it's amazing what you can i've never done it in my life up until that yeah. point and it was it was a learning experience because sure. that's one thing that Beth always told me when she was training for the marathon. She's like, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand what that meant until I was in the midst, in the throes of training. Yeah. And I was like, I get it now. Like I'm learning where I can push my body, where I can sure. push mentally, where I can push myself to. Yeah. What bores me? Where's my breaking point? What 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 are my thoughts really like when I'm on the road for three hours by myself? Like, yeah. It's really, it's an interesting place to take yourself to. Yeah, and there's definitely something similar with that in wrestling where it's like, what's your breaking point when you're willing to give up and let yourself be pinned? Right, or, <clears> right. there's plenty of times where I got caught really early in a period and I'm like, I have to, I have to hold out for a minute and a half? Right, right. Are you fucking shitting it's me? It's a long... People who have never done any sort of grappling or anything, that is a... Lo- that is a that's eternity. a lifetime. That's an eternity. Yeah, yeah. And, you're, and that's the thing I talked about when Luke Pena was on. Yeah. That guy never, never, like... He only got pinned a handful of times. Yeah. And I was always just like, it was so frustrating wrestling with him. Yeah. Because I was like, God he just damn had that it. resolve. He just, you'd think you'd almost get it, and then he'd switch shoulders. And you're like, God damn it. And then he just, he would just, he would refuse. <laughs> he refused to give up. Yeah. And the thing I love about Luke is he started his junior year of high school. He, right. He only got two full seasons in, and he still placed in state. Like, the guys in the like, ho- you're easily, like motherfucker. Yeah. Easily the most difficult <laughs> weight class in the state sure. that year, hands down. <coughs> which All is what weight class again? 171. Okay, which is? 171 pounds. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Asshole. I don't know what else you want me to but do. Welterweight, bantamweight, heavyweight, oh, middleweight. I don't know if they classified like that. They didn't really classify okay, by yeah, that. Right. So, so um, 171. It's it's towards the heavyweights because yeah. the, the higher ends, it, it goes like middleweight's probably like... Well, it starts out, at least it used to, was like 103, 112, 119, 125, uh, 130, 135, 140, 145, 152, 160, 171, 189, 215, and then heavyweight. All of those were different weight classes? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's so funny because they would do like five-pound differences, and then they're like 160, uh, 171, right. 189. Up until that point. 215, and then heavyweight. <laughs> It was like that's why it was hard for Luke to cut yeah. because he was cutting to, to get down to the next weight class. Right. Because a lot of guys would, um, uh, they would bulk up and be like their normal weight would be like one forty five and they cut down to one forty. Right. So they just be like massively strong. Yeah. And they, they were lean. They was yeah. all it was was just fucking muscle. Guys would sort of like hang out. Yeah. And they would just kind of go to different weight classes throughout the years. So if they had a better chance. Yeah. Well, I, it we was were easier talking, for them to do that. Yeah. Well, we were also talking, I think, with Luke about that where. If you were used to wrestling people of a certain weight class and you cut down, you've got the not only you 
not only do you have the physical prowess, but you also have the mental capacity of knowing what it's like to wrestle someone of that weight class. Yeah. Now you're dropping down. And so you, again, speaking to the mental side of it, you know this is what I can do. Like, I, I know what it's like to have to deal with this. And sure. so now I've got, you know, 10 pounds less I have to deal with. Yeah. Here we go. You know? And it's amazing how each sort of, like, collection of weight classes wrestled. Yeah. Like, the technical acuity was so much higher in the lower weight classes. Not to say that the heavier ones weren't. Yeah. But, like, the heavier, like, the heavyweights were a lot of hand slapping. <laughs> no one really shot. Because right. Because most of the time if they went down, they weren't getting back up. Right. Um, when you got someone, when you got two hundred and fifty pounds laying uh, on you, yeah, that's just like of dead weight. People just, just don't there. shoot. Yeah, yeah they just right. wait and try to head throw each yeah. other. Whereas like the lower weights, it was really impressive to see really good guys yeah. because they were extremely quick. Right, they were very a lot like, of reverses. I thought like of, the one fifty two to one sixty was like the really tough, and then one seventy one is right before it starts getting crazy. And the thing yeah. I loved about Luke, which I'll say it again, the way that it went when we were in high school was they took the top four out of districts. Mm-hmm. The top four, then those four from that district went to sectionals. The top four of sectionals then went to state. Luke's district was Luke and three other guys. All of those guys placed in state. So I want you to think about that. So of all the district meets, including Luke's, Luke's top four moved on to sectionals. Those four guys moved on from sectionals to state, and then all four of them placed in the top six at state, including Luke. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think one of whom won like the state championship, That's and Luke, bad, yeah. Luke, who unfortunately had to wrestle multiple times throughout the year. Um, poor bastard. Um, so that hands down for Luke the most difficult because he had to, all those guys also in our conference. So that means we had to wrestle them at least once throughout the year, if not twice. Right. And so he dealt with that shit on a regular basis. So right. Luke's record may not have shown how much of a badass he was. <laughs> but that guy was going on his second year, only one year of wrestling under his belt. Right. But his mental toughness, right. his refusal to give in, his ability to cut weight, yeah. that much weight, and just refused to let these guys pin him. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Easy. He forced them. To do what they call technical fall, which means that they have to they beat you by fifteen points. Okay, which can be humiliating, but he's like, "You're not going to pin me, right? I'm going to make you take me down." A lot of guys that were really good and better than other people, they would do this thing where they would take him down and then let him up. So they get two points, and then they give the other person one point, mm-hmm. and then they get two points, and they give him one point. It was really pretty awful to see, yeah, because they were basically just practicing at that point in time. Sure, they were showing off. Their it, it's prowess. like a tiger who's playing with their prey. Because for them, they're like, "Why I can pin you real quick, but what's that going to do for me? I'm not going to get anything out of this," which was really unfortunate. Yeah, how they do that sort of stuff. Um, and so he unfortunately was on the receiving end of a lot. That's a pretty demoralizing thing. Oh, sure. You yeah. have to go through yeah. knowing that there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Is the worst part too. Like this is going to happen Right. where you are going to get 15 more points than me. And then we're going to stop this when it's 25 to 10. Right. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Um, so he had to put up with a lot of that sort of stuff, but, but he made him work for it though. Oh yeah. Like he wasn't going to just roll over. He wasn't over. just yeah. like, Oh, like these guys were just that good yeah. where they could do that. And I think a lot of that sort of stuff, I think a lot of it just goes down to knowing and practicing. Because I think once you get comfortable and once you've seen the majority of things that get thrown your way, you can kind of prepare for it. Yeah. So I wrestled for, what, 
six years. Um, I'd like to think that if I just kept wrestling or whatever, I would have seen more, been more aware of yeah. stuff. Like, I definitely didn't want to do it in college. I was like, fuck that. That's going to be brutal. Yeah. Um, but the more that you get exposed to, the more that you just you feel comfortable. Yeah. And you can start practicing different things and seeing other things. Because a lot of it, man, it's if you watch really good wrestling, it's fucking boring. Like, I try to watch the collegiate NCAA Division One wrestling matches every year. Yeah. Dude, a lot of them end up at, uh, like, what is it, two to one? Because Just because there's there you're matching, like, because, top level to top level? Because what will happen is uh, round one, uh, no one will get a takedown, so it's zero to zero. Sure. So one of them will have to go in down position. The other person will get behind them. One of them, that person will probably get out and get an escape. Nothing will happen. The next round, the third round, the other person will go down. They'll escape, and then it will go into overtime. And then it turns into this thing where, you know, in overtime, it's like you, you first person to score wins. Well, they can't take each other down, so then they go into double overtime, which is they flip a coin, and one person gets to choose whether they're going to be up or down, and they have 30 seconds. If the person who's on top keeps them down for 30 seconds, they win. If the person on the bottom gets out, they win. Oh, wow. It's fucking boring. That sucks. And it usually goes to that double <laughs> overtime? Because they're so good. Right. Like, they, they, it's a chess match. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I love listening to Joe Rogan talk about jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. He's like, dude, like, you got to be thinking so many moves ahead of each other because if you know that if I do this and then you're going to react this way, then I can maneuver over here, and then if I can't catch you, yeah. it's over. That was the hardest part about doing the MMA stuff was – was thank you, Abby, for that. That was the hardest part about doing – she agrees. Uh, the hardest part about doing that was was – thinking ahead because yeah, I was I'm terrible at that. I was fine with like someone would do something, I'd counter it or I would get someone into something. But the minute that I got them into a lot, like an arm bar or something and they had a counter for it, I was not thinking of the counter of that. I'm like, Oh, if I get them, if I get their leg locked up done. Yeah. And then they would counter. It. I'm like, shit. So now I'm scrambling to figure out where to go next. And yeah. they, they've already thought ahead. I was terrible at thinking ahead. Yeah. Absolutely terrible at it. Same. Yeah. Like, I was very one-track mind. Like, I'm going to do this, you know, double leg takedown. And then I'm going to do this. Like, I, I never was able to sort of uh, react that well to that sort of right. stuff. Like, and, if I shoot in to do this double leg takedown and it works, and then they, revert, they try to reverse it, where do I go? Or if I shoot in and they block it or they somehow maneuver away from it, what's my follow-up or what yeah. are they going to do and what am I going to be ready to counter against? There's so many. It's also energy conservation. Like, yeah, yeah. If it's a dual meet, I'll go balls to the wall. No yeah. problem. I'm 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 wrestling with one other opponent. That's right. it. There were days where I wrestled five matches. <laughs> five fucking matches. Exhausting. And I was like, someone kill me. What is what, how long in, in in high school wrestling? How long is a match? I think it's, or how long is each round? I think it's two, two, two. It's two, two, two. Okay, yeah. And so, especially if it's a tournament, I was like, I gotta beat this guy and pin him as fast as possible. Yeah. I gotta expend as little. I'm like, fuck, you're taking down and letting him up. I'm like, no way. I'm, uh, I'm gonna be doing this. Like, right. I'm, yeah, we're gonna be done. Like, <laughs> I was like, energy conservation is key for me. Actually, I think the worst. I did five matches in two days. I did one match and then four matches the next day, and it was all just, it was exhausting. Yeah. I just remember it was like trying to conserve your energy. So that was a big thing during the match too is like what if I take the guy down but I can't pin him but I have like 30 seconds left. Do I expend the energy trying to pin him right. 
but then not get that, and then I'm gassed for the next round? Right. Like, what do you do? Right. So uh, there was a lot of that involved where it was just, it was, ugh, my God. A lot God. of strategy. A lot of strategy yeah. involved, and I was not very good at seeing the strategy and yeah. that sort of stuff. I was good at just sort of, like, executing certain things. I was the same way in football. Yeah. Like, I was like, you tell me a play, I knew exactly what I had to do. I knew exactly who I was going to block if on it's, offense. If it's laid out for you? No big deal. I had I. That's one thing I prided myself on in football. It was um, from freshman year when I was 170 pounds playing left tackle, which I had no business doing. Uh, I knew my fucking place. Yeah. Because I was like, if I don't block someone right, someone's gonna get hurt, <laughs> and I have no business being over here because the main guy was like 350 pounds, but he got hurt. Yeah. So they're like, batter up, and I'm like, fuck! Oh my god! Um, so from that point on. I knew my place yeah, every yeah. single year. I'm like, you tell me a play. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know who I'm blocking. Right. It was not good on defense. But that being said, I did understand the why we were doing what we were doing. Yeah. I was like, that's a run play. I know what I do. That's a pass play. I know what I do. Oh, this is a play that uh, I'm supposed to pull and whatever, which for some reason they never had me pull. I don't understand why. But <laughs> Still bugs me to this day. Uh, it's like I was faster than the fat fuck that they had trying to pull from the other end. But fat whatever. Fuck. Um, you but, know, but whatever. I'm not holding resentment. I yeah. don't hold on to this. I mean, it's fine. That whatever. guy was a terrible you know? human being and still is, as far as I'm concerned. So well, that's the reason go. why I don't like him. But that being said, um, again, we don't hold on to this shit. No, not at all. Uh, you know, he didn't come in at all during the summer to lift and just came in fat. And everyone's like, you guys wish you were as big as this guy. I'm like, put him up against me right now. Right. Let's do a drill. I drove his ass into the dirt. Did you? I'm like, yeah, he's a real big guy. Right. He can't do jack shit because he's fat. Right. He's not strong. He's fat. He's fat. Because people are like, we had just terrible problems with being big. Like, we didn't have big lines. Like, we just, some some towns just grew the kids big. Yeah. We didn't have whatever was in their water. Yeah. So, we just were what we were. Fluoride. So, so, they were like, oh, wow, he's 250 pounds. That's great. I'm like, yeah, but he's fat. Right. He's not agile. Right. He's not It's quick. not a good 250, he's guys. He's not strong. Yeah. He's just fat. So, and they kept having him pull. I'm like, he doesn't get there quick enough. He's too slow. I was like, send me down there. I'll fucking pull. I'll, knock, I'll block that guy right the hell out there. No right. problem. Anyway, sorry. We're not holding on to it, though. I had to let that go. So, <laughs> but yeah, I never understood. Like, there was a guy that was a receiver on my team who was just like, he understood football. Yeah. In his spare time, I used to laugh because he was also really good at math. So he would finish his homework and he would drop his own football plays. No I'm shit. Like, I'm like, how the fuck do you know how to do that? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that's, how to do that's in, that's incredible. Like he was a wizard as far as I was concerned. That's awesome. But I would laugh because he would be on he. We apparently really uh, forecasted what we were going to do really, really, really well. Yeah. So he'd be a receiver and he'd be getting in position and he'd hear the opposite coach go, "Watch out for the sweep!" and he'd be like. Fuck, we're around the sweeps. <laughs> you want to be like audible, audible. Like they know what we're gonna do. Right. Like they, they just knew exactly what we were gonna do from our formations. Yeah, yeah. So like they just you know apparently we were just like told the world exactly how we we're gonna do it. And he was just always on the side going fuck, fuck, fuck. They know. And he oh man that was always very interesting. But yeah, yeah. Like when it came to football, I didn't understand the strategy behind what we were doing. I knew we couldn't run the ball well, which. The good teams could run the ball well, which means they ate up the clock, which means they control the flow of the game. We could only pass. That's the only thing we were good at. But if you don't 
High school football teams, av- on average, aren't very good at passing the ball and catching the ball. Sure, no, absolutely. So if you have to rely on passing, you're stopping the clock because yeah. of incomplete passes. You also run the risk of interceptions and things like that. So if that's the only thing you're good at, you do not control the flow of the game. No. So I re- I realized that where I'm like, we have to pass because it's the only fucking thing we're good at. But that's why we lose because other teams could run the ball and we couldn't stop them. Yeah. Womp womp. There you go. What are you going to do? Ladies and gentlemen, that's Doug's high school in a nutshell. Yeah, high school sports, baby. You know? <laughs> killer instinct. Do you think you have killer instinct in anything? Uh, like in life, in anything, in any aspect of your life. Of, you like, of like being like, I'm going to win this? That, like, that yeah. kind of, like, like being a shark in yeah. something? Ah, fuck, man. That's a good question. Um, the thing, because I was actually just going to ask you something similar, but that's like... Like, do you think you you have learned that in anything? Because right now in your job, like you're you're really navigating the waters well, and you're like you're pushing where you need to push, and you're breaking through where you need to break through. And there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, okay, I just lost my word. There's a lot of confidence, but there's a lot of um, you've got momentum. That's mm-hmm. the word. There's a lot of momentum with where you're going. And I feel like you're you're figuring that out. Is do you feel like? You've brought that <coughs> forward from from high school, where you're, like you weren't focused, you didn't quite know how to focus the the determination and like what you were going to do, and now you've kind of figured that out in your later years. Good or? question. Um, I think for a hot second, I had that with improv. Yeah, where I was like, "Cool, I know the rules. I'm confident. I know yeah. my team, and we're gonna no matter what we do, we're gonna come out the other end of this." Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like in my career right now, like especially the classes that I teach. I teach a lot of the same classes, so I'm definitely confident in the um, the content. Yeah, I'm confident in the delivery. Um, I'm confident in also keeping in mind the overall thing that I want them to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an overall theme that kind of floats through a lot of these things. So, I'll try to pull those different aspects in. I feel like I'm pretty good at acknowledging a room when the energy's dying. It's like, all right, cool. And then going back and being like, how can we adjust right. this training to get them more involved? Because Jesus Christ, they sat through an hour and a half of us lecturing them, and we cannot do this anymore. Right. And what I love is we also have the support from our team. Well, actually, we just had uh, this guy who went to like a two-day instructional design course. And he kind of brought back some points for us. And I was like, everything we built is wrong. <laughs> I was like, we're not doing this right at all. Right. Like, we are failing in a lot of these things. And I immediately was like, all right, I want to change this. I want to change this class. I want to change this class because it's not working. Right. And I know it's not able working. able to identify I it. wasn't able to put my finger on why yeah. it wasn't working. Now I know why. Yeah. It's because I'm literally asking someone to sit there and stare at me for an hour and a half. Right. While I tell them things. Yeah. That is the worst way to learn. <laughs> and it's so funny because that's what we know. Right. Yeah. That's what college is. That's what high school is. It's you sit down. And you watch and listen to someone talk to you. What the fuck? How have we done anything that we've done? Right. How have we landed on the moon with that kind of learning? Well, some people learn that way. You can. Some, some people can. Some people prefer that. But I would say a lot of people, that does not. That's not the majority of people. Though. No, not at all. Even if that's 33% of people, that still leaves 66% right. that don't learn that way. Right. Because I'm a, I can learn okay in a lecture. I don't prefer, but I can. Mm-hmm. I've taught myself how to do that. I'm a copious note taker. so It's also only 99%, but whatever. Whatever, Justin. Always about the 1%. Um, so I, I'm a copious note taker. Yeah. So, but it's also the way we design our PowerPoints. Yeah. It's like PowerPoints should be there to be the um, 
the what's the word I'm thinking of? Supplement. Supplement. Uh, the accent. I would yeah. say to it. It's it's not something that you'd be like. And I'm going to read every word. Oh no! If someone reads, even in in my office job, if someone if someone reads a PowerPoint presentation, it is. I'm like, God damn it! Really? Like, <laughs> you obviously either a did not prepare because you you can't you can't speak to this topic at all, or b just walk out of the room and let me read this. Like, I can I can do what you're doing right now. I yeah. can, if you're just going to read this, I don't need you to say it to me. And what's interesting? Quite frankly, your voice is annoying. You can't not read that. If someone puts words on a screen, right. you have to read it. Your body, your mind will not let you not read that. I beg to differ. It's, There's been plenty of meetings where I've sat and I'm like, I don't care. You've read it, but you may not have retained it, but you've read it. Not so, if I'm not looking at the board. Sure, if you're already asleep, then you're not going <laughs> to see it. But the point is, it's like when you put that stuff on the board, the first thing people are going to do is they're going to read it. Yeah, yeah. And they're not going to listen to you. Right. Or if you're me, I'm going to start writing that stuff down. I'm not listening to you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm I'm trying to acknowledge what's on there. Right. So what else can we put up there that's going to accent what I'm saying? Exactly. exactly. It's got to be like, I'm very cognizant of that. Yeah. Like, it's this has to be the topic that I'm referring to. Or there's a chart that shows some stuff, but it's like, I'm going to talk you through. Yeah. Like, for this presentation that I have coming up soon, uh, I put together... First of all, six and a half minutes of video, which I'm proud of. Uh, but then I only did two slides right. for two topics. And I'm like, I'm going to speak maybe one to two minutes on each of these slides. I'm not going to. Oh, I have notes in the notes section. I'm going to talk about them. One of them is going to be the branding of our product. The other one's going to be the timeline. Sure. I'm going to show them and I'm going to talk my way through it. But I'm not going to focus on the words. Right. And I've told that to my team members too, where I've seen a couple of slides that have a lot of words. I was like, can we take these words off of here? Because we don't need them. Right. Like, and, we, they, and they were good there for good intention. They were like testimonials right. or something. I'm like, take them off. Like, or find a way to just have one pop up and then have it fade away or something. Yeah. Like, don't overload the screen with that stuff because people aren't going to be able, they're just going to read all that sort yeah. of stuff and they're not going to be listening. So it sounds to me like you have figured out a way to focus. <laughs> Long story short, <laughs> I think so. So now, now that everyone knows what your plan for the presentation is, yes, um, I, I guess I guess yes. I'm definitely my energy and my motivation is there. Yeah, uh, for my career, and I feel like, um, and again, it's it's not that killer instinct is tough because it's it's such a competitive thing, and yeah. I just man, my strength is harmony. Right, you know, like I I, I love playing on a team. You know, I don't like doing a lot of solo stuff. You know, I don't like doing one v one. Yeah. You know, I never liked that. Yeah. Ever since I played with my brother with fighting games, I'm like, this sucks. Right. Because one of us is going to be pissed. Right. It wasn't until I got older where I could actually play like Smash Brothers with you and enjoy it. Right. Even though I was shitty, I'm like, this is still fun because it's not about winning. Right. It's about just the actual having fun in, in the game. And that's why I wasn't good at those sports in high school. Right. I was okay, but it wasn't great because for me, I was like, I'm having fun doing this. Right. I took that almost a little too literally. Yeah. Where I was just like, woo, we're having fun. I love collaborative stuff. Yeah. I love playing computer games where I can be in a team with somebody. Yeah. Like I love board games where it's us versus the board. Like yeah. I want to do that collaborative stuff. And in my personal, like my professional life, it's not kill or be killed. I wouldn't function well right. in an environment like that. We have a great support structure. We support each other. We drive each other. Because if... One person's busting their ass. I'm going to meet them at that level too. Like right. I'm going to try and match that energy, and I'm going to try and 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 provide my own 
sort of uh, energy to that level as well. Well, and that's why you you shined an improv and not stand up was because it was more of the group mentality instead of the solo mentality. I love supporting people. Nothing, nothing wrong with either one. It's just yeah. it's two different personality types. Those who thrive well by themselves and those who thrive well supporting supporting other sure. people or being in a group that is supportive. Nothing was quite as great <clears throat> as setting up that joke that right. that other person then just hammered down and right. we were like we did that together right well and you take that you can you know parlay that into any sport you know basketball you set someone up you th- you throw the ball up there for a layup and someone you know takes the shot and they dunk it in like this yeah. you've you you have made it possible for this other person to help the team yeah you were part of you were in- instrumental in in helping the team yeah in doing what you've done i don't think see for me and as much as you've talked about because you were talking about like how your your harmony is your 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 yeah. personality style You've what 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 is the where do you have me pegged again? Ah, uh, I think you're so it's the disc behavioral tendencies. I think I had you primarily as an I for influence. Okay, but I think you have some D tendencies. Okay, so I I, I so D I's for influence, D is for dominance. Okay, which would theoretically lend itself to having that killer instinct and wanting to dominate and. Mm. Dominance is often misconstrued as someone who is that alpha. Okay. But what they are is they're results driven. Okay. Um, they are competitive in a sense where they do want to win. They sometimes think about like what's in it for them. Okay. And um, they want basically the message delivered just straight up. Okay. Yeah. They don't want any fluff. They don't want sugar coating. They're like, deliver me what you need to say. Right. And so they kind of thrive on challenge a little bit because if someone, if, if you and I are both D's um, and, you know, I was like, you know, you say, hey, uh, you know, what's your feedback on this? I, I gave a presentation. What's your feedback? And I go, Justin, this was good. This was bad. You would naturally be like, respect that because yeah. I spoke up to you. Right. Whereas as an S, which is where my tendency is, um, I have a hard time with aggression. Okay. So a different approach for me would probably be like, you know. Not necessarily the compliment sandwich, but a direct approach would be off-putting for me. Yeah, like that direct. Yeah, it would it would have to be handled a little bit differently okay. because I'm about support. Yeah, I'm about um, being uh, aware of other people and things like that. Like the S's will have your back every single day of the week. Yeah, if you approach them the right way. Right. Same thing with someone who's a C, which is conscientious, very logic driven. Yeah, like. I hate to say this, they're kind of like robots in a mm-hmm. sense of like they they won't spit out information right away. They need to take the data and kind of remove themselves. Process it. Process it, come back and be like, cool. If you start giving stuff to them, they will logically start poking holes <laughs> in whatever you have because that's just how they work. Yeah. So, I feel like uh, Wayne's a C. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right. <laughs> so it's interesting just knowing that stuff and yeah. how you can approach people. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's like a whole new world where I'm like, oh, yeah. this is who you are. That's what I can do. See, I don't feel like, because I, I, I feel like <clears throat> I want to have, I want to have the shark-like tendencies where I've got that killer instinct and this yeah. and that, but I'm always too, I always I always go back into the, well, I'm probably not going to win it. Like, I, I, I get into the self-defeated attitude where I'm like, like, absolutely, that's, I, oh, man, it's between me and this person. And then the more time I have to sit with that, I'll go, yeah, but... Yeah, odds are they're gonna probably get this, and I won't. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably, I probably should just back. I mean, then if I get it, I'll feel guilty because it's gonna be awkward yeah. between us, and I'll start to talk myself out of it. And I feel like someone who does have that killer instinct, 
just goes, now nah, fuck it, I'm in, I got it, it's mine. And they just, they go, go drive, 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 right until the point where they get it. Or they don't, and then yeah. they blow up at someone. Well, a couple couple things. One, uh, often people consider that if they don't have the dominance behavioral track and disc, that they're not going to be a good leader, and that is 100% false. Sure. Because <clears throat> one of my coworkers is primarily in the C area, and she's like, man, after she read her stuff, she goes, I feel like, you know, I was a good manager, but now I feel like that I'm not. And it's like, no. Right. These are just your behavioral tendencies. Any one of these can be strong. Yeah. Leaders, it's just the way that you approach things. Right. And going into what you said about the competition, I specifically remember in sixth grade, there was a book reading contest. <laughs> and it was between me and this other girl, and we were neck and neck. Yeah. Just every day, every week, reading books, reading books, reading books. And we were just tied, tied, tied. And I got to the point where I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. You got stopping. So I just stopped. I remember the teacher being really disappointed. She's like, you basically just let this girl win. I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't see the point <laughs> because for me it was, it wasn't about the competition. I was just like, I don't like this idea of me competing with this other girl to see how many books we can read. Like I, it didn't appeal to me. It was fine at first, but then as the longer it went on, I was like, fuck this. I, I, I concede you win. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I, I'm struggling to think of the word. What's the word that, uh, that Chris asked us to define the pussy. No, no. <laughs> the Chris, when Chris and Matt were here, um, which means that you Oh, just, nihilist? Yeah, you fucking nihilist. What's yeah. the point? Why are we even reading? I was just, again... At sixth grade, Doug was so a nihilist. Funny. Going back to then, my, my tendencies of harmony. Like, I'm... This isn't a harmonious thing for me. That's not my strength. <laughs> right. And I was just like, ah, this yeah. is... You know, I have the worst behavioral tendency to be an athlete. I want harmony. Right. I want everything to go well. Hey, guys, well. can't we all just tie? Yeah. Participation trophies, you fucking snowflake. <laughs> I'm definitely not cool with time. It's so disappointing. <laughs> and I mean, there is a competitive streak in me, but it's it's definitely yeah. overshadowed by the yeah. harmony, making sure that, like I said, I love playing on teams, yeah. stuff like that. That's great. You know, supporting and doing that sort of stuff. I'm th- I'm there all day, every yeah. day. But I feel like I want to be more competitive, though. Like I want, I there's part of me that does want to kind of nurture and bring out that side of, mm-hmm. of more of the, I don't want to be cutthroat in the sense of you're an asshole, mm-hmm. but I want to be cutthroat in the sense of, yeah, like I'm not gonna feel bad if I get this because I tend to I tend to have guilt when I See, when I win something. Interesting that you have guilt. Yeah, that's weird. I know. I'm weird, Doug. Yeah, <laughs> I came off as a dick thing. Like that's weird and gross. <laughs> it was like that's judgy, Doug. That's like you have pink eye, you know, <laughs> and ringworm. It's ring, gross. It's not pink eye. It's ringworm in my eye. <laughs> that's even worse. Yeah, bleach your bleach eyes. Bleach it. <laughs> oh no. That's interesting that you feel guilt. I wonder yeah. what that comes from. I, well, Catholicism? We're, we're not going to... Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> we're not going to go down this... Mommy! The, uh, the psychoanalysis road because that's yeah. going to open up a whole world that we do not want to get yeah. into. But, uh, no, I, I, it, I feel bad if I'm like, well, I won. Now it's going to be awkward for the person who didn't win. Like, there's, I definitely feel that. I want to... Even I if wanna the person's s- a stranger? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just like, I mean, th- look, I, I love winning. Mm-hmm. Like, I love being the one who gets chosen or whatever. But then I'm just like, ah, oh, but now the attention's on me. And, like, they tried hard, too. And it's it's a very weird, I'm not normal, Doug, is what I'm no. trying to say. No, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because... Again, like, I, it's not like I don't want to win things. But I definitely have a consideration of uh, this other person. Like, who am I to win? Well, you know? for me, I always. It's a self-worth thing. It's definitely a. The pessimist side of me is like I watch these situations where people like getting drafted in right. the NFL. I was like, "What a great moment! Enjoy this night because tomorrow your job begins." 
Right. Like, immediately. Think of the pressure. Right. Like, you now have to perform. You were yeah. drafted. Like, you were the number one draft pick. Right. Uh, pressure. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yay, I get to play football for a living. Don't get hurt. <laughs> exactly. Also, yeah. you better fart. Fart. You better fart. <laughs> you better start studying, like, immediately. Like, yeah, tomorrow, yeah. you're going to buy a home. You're going to go to wherever that is, and you better start training mm-hmm. immediately. Start yeah. learning your shit. Because right. Because people are expecting you to do stuff. Everything you did in college? Triple it, yeah, because it's you're no longer in the farm leagues anymore. Exactly, is, yeah. And uh, a lot of the older guys are going to think that you're there to take their job, so they're not going to be too, super helpful. Uh, there you go, absolutely, yeah. It's the same thing. Like when I got into this leadership program, like I felt great, but immediately I was like, okay, I'm one of twelve people, and they have high expectations for all of us, right? So, like with this presentation, I wanted to go well because we're presenting to the senior leadership team. It's like you want to come up and be like, you know what we need? We need to build a pool. <laughs> And then we could charge people to go to the pool. Is that Bill Clinton? I don't know. <laughs> we'll charge people to go to the pool, and then that'll be our product expansion. <laughs> Revenue will come in in droves because people like to swim. <laughs> and it will be indoors, so all year round, it's, it's open. That's 12 months out of the year. 12 months, 365, <laughs> 365 days. Maybe we take holidays. I don't know. Days. We haven't thought about that. Maybe we charge them double for the holidays. I don't know. Maybe on the holidays, it's a nudist pool. Maybe. Maybe one thing about that. Maybe. <laughs> we add kids in there, and then we make it, you know, half off. We're still earning revenue. Guys, this is a real thing we can do. Like, get the fuck out of my face. Doug, two things. One, why are you doing the voice? And two, you're fired. <laughs> Quite simply. So you This can, backfired. You, you convinced these three other people in your group to go along with this? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? You're hired. As well as the... <laughs> The, you're basically your corporate advisor. Yeah. Yep. I I'm I'm very convinced. I'm very convinced. It's the voice. It's the voice. <laughs> Bill Clinton. People knows love all. it. <laughs> I'm just kind of sick. It's really what it is. With a little bit of southern in there, and then voice cracking. <laughs> voice cracking. Oh my god. Um, I tell you the one the one competition that I do feel very confident in every time I get into it. It's a throwdown. 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 Justin, give me our throwdown contestants. So today, uh, I'm doing a little. It, it it gonna stretch your mind on this one. It's a little. Oh shit. It's a little weird. And I went into this in my head, and I thought, well, there's no contest. But then I started really mulling it over, and I, I think I have my argument for which one it's gonna go. So right. I haven't watched Family Guy in a while. Uh, neither have I. And the other night it was on. They had like a, a string of like you know three or four of them on, on Adult Swim or whatever. And uh, it was I was laying here falling asleep. I'm like fuck it. Let me just. It was one of the newer episodes or one of the newer okay. seasons. And I was like, it was refreshing. I was like, oh, this is still is this still you know giggle houses and chuckle faces. I like this. This is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, having some separation from it made it funnier. Uh, one of my favorite characters on there has always been Brian. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, great, let's take an animated dog and who do we put him against? Another animated dog. So mm-hmm. today we're doing Brian versus Snoopy. Mm. Well, uh, I've seen Brian act in more more violently than Snoopy. Sure, absolutely. So I feel like he's got the leg up there. Uh, no Brian, pun intended. Ah, P joke. Uh, Brian also has shown the capability to use man made items. I would say so. Is Snoopy and, and tools. Like what has Snoopy used? Snoopy has has done construction on his doghouse. Good point. I was like, if you just mentioned the scarf and the goggles, I'm not going to count it. Um, Dude wears clothes, Doug. <laughs> Dude wears clothes, Doug. Uh, both of them wear clothes, to be quite frank. I feel like they've both worn a scarf and goggles at some point. Sure. 
Um, but I, th- and I, feel, hats. Like, I feel like we've seen uh, Brian wield a gun. Sure. If he has it, time. absolutely. If he has a gun, he could use it. But yeah. does he have a gun is the question. Yeah. So my argument for my my winner is Snoopy, mm-hmm. and here's here's my argument with it. I think Snoopy's insane. Oh yeah. And I think I think he's silently unpredictable. Like he's the he's the kind of psychotic where you don't see it coming. Yeah. And then he fucking he pulls out some really dark weird shit on your ass. Like the fact that he has these fantasies about being the Red Baron, and to the point where he's actually sucked someone else into the fantasy with him. I feel like he's a master manipulator. Mm-hmm. He's able to pull someone else into an alternate reality with him, right? And actually make them believe that they're into it. Yeah. He plays the good boy, but man, he does some stuff around the uh, he he sneaks around Charlie Brown's back and Charlie Brown doesn't know about half the shit he does. I'd also argue the person that he brings into his alternate reality is also very dumb. You don't know that. Woodstock is not dumb. Woodstock is a fucking bird. Right. And birds are dumb as shit. Okay. First off, no. That's yeah. false.com. No, it's true. No, that's false.com. Yeah, what kind of bird is he? Canary? Yeah, really fucking <laughs> He's dumb. He's a yellow bird? Yeah, really dumb. I'm sorry, did Tweety Bird get bested by Sylvester, or did Tweety Bird best Sylvester almost every time? Okay, we're not making the same comparison I'm here. just saying, canary just saying. to canary, go fuck yourself. And if you're saying Tweety Bird would also get pulled into these sort of delusions? I'm saying that canaries aren't as dumb as you think, and Snoopy's a master manipulator. I'm saying Woodstock is dumb as shit. So I, dis- like, I don't. Sure. I, what have you seen that makes that leads you to believe that? What have you seen that makes you believe? I'm that asking he's smart, you. And I'm you're the one you. making. You're the one that initiated the claim that he's dumb as shit. So I'm asking you to defend that claim. He's a bird. That's okay. That is irrelevant. And, no, that is very relevant. <laughs> that is irrelevant. He's a canary. No. Oh, well, yes. Okay. Okay. I think he's a canary. We don't know that for sure, but yes. Okay. Uh, canaries are dumb. Canary in a, yeah. in a coal okay. mine. It's not, their, say more? it's not their choice to go down there, Doug. Need I say more? It's not like they went, you know where we should go? We should hang out with all the dudes in the coal mine. Why do you think they always put canaries, Justin? Because they're fucking stupid. No, because they had them around. They were fucking dumb. <laughs> to get caught? They were like, cool, we're going to put a canary in the coal mine. And then once it dies... That is flawed logic, We know Cocker. that we need to get out. That's flawed logic. And I'm I think sorry. that solves that Also, right there. you can't put real-world comparisons to canaries because to, dogs can't fucking use tools. No. So if we're going to compare real-world to cartoons, you're just bending the logic, Doug. I'm just saying that we don't see Woodstock do anything super intelligent either. So I'm going to base it around the fact that He's just a dumb animal. So, because you have not seen him do anything overly intelligent, yeah. you are now ba- you are now making the claim that he is an absolute fucking idiot. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing with me. I don't feel like I agreed with you at all. Absolutely. I feel like I just restated the. I feel like Woodstock's irrelevant to this. I'm just saying. That okay, fine. Woodstock's dumb, and then saying that Snoopy can pull someone into his environment. Here's the other thing too. Snoopy has gotten Charlie Brown to bend to his will too on certain occasions. Well, Charlie Brown's also. You yeah. can't just use everyone's dumb, Doug. It does not work that how way. How many times does you he dumb fall? Dick. How many times does he fall for the football joke? Well, okay. Well, then Snoopy has also pulled her in as well. He's pulled everyone in. Pull, He's manipulated. How? Snoopy has manipulated everyone at some point in time. How? Doing what? I, Doug, I don't have a list. I know <laughs> I've seen it. All right. If you can, if you can make the argument based off of what you've seen, and I'm uh-huh. using air quotes here, that Woodstock's an idiot, then I'm making the argument that Snoopy's manipulated everyone in that fucking cast. Okay, maybe in his crazy mind. 
I'll give you. I'll give you. He's crazy. Oh yeah. So he's a sociopath. So what we see with him is psychotic that he's an unreliable narrator. Is what he is. No, he's pulling the audience in too. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's he's not really the Red Baron. But he's making everyone. He's like everyone's like, yeah, get him, Snoop. Everyone's emotionally invested in that, <laughs> Snoop. Yeah. I'm telling Everyone's you. Everyone's emotionally invested in this fantasy world. Fuck yeah. Yeah? Yeah, as you're watching What's that. What's that have to do with the fact that he's... Because you're pulled he, into it. He's insane. Exactly. It's not really happening. So we don't know of anything that we've seen him get everyone on that show is actually happening or no, not. No, no, no. He has. Trust me. <laughs> I'm no, telling you, Snoopy Snoopy is the silent killer that you do not see coming, and he will he will murder Brian. Snoopy is flat out. definitely a dangerous, psychotic dog. But because he's living in his own like fever dreams like all the time, I feel like Brian gets the leg up on him and literally and figuratively and just destroys him. With what? Pick something. Pick something. Pick anything. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I feel like Snoopy. Snoop- Snoopy is not aware enough of his surroundings because he's constantly in his psychosis. No, that's that not true. He that is absolutely not, not true. He will not be aware of what Snoopy Brian. Snoopy knows what's going on in his world, and he uses it to his advantage. He controls the world he's in. He doesn't understand what world he's in. He does too. He's, he understands it very he's well. He's an unreliable narrator. No. Yeah. No. He's like Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. No. Yeah. Draw the comparison for me. Draw the comparison? Okay. In American Psycho, Patrick Bateman thinks that he's killing people, that he's murdering people. But at the end of the movie, you realize that you have no idea. He hasn't because he's crazy. He's a psychotic person. I've never seen the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. Thanks a lot, Doug. Um, And the book has just chapters of like... This insane like description of what's going on, and then like the next chapter is like it never happened because he's fucking insane. He's an unreliable narrator. Great. So Snoopy's the same way. What we see happening to Snoopy, we don't know if it's real. It's probably not. It is. Ha- it is real. How's it real? What? No, sorry. What we see happening to Snoopy, we know what is reality and what is not reality. He just likes to go in and out and manipulate the world around him. I would say that he doesn't know the difference between reality and his. Fictitious. Does that not make him even more dangerous? It well, I'm saying he, he's definitely dangerous, but because he's constantly going in and out of his his dream states, his his reality's not knowing what's real and what's not. Brian is going to have a significant advantage to basically pull out a gun and shoot him in the face. Again, you're basing this off the fact that Brian's got easy access to a gun at all times. Okay, fine. He grabs a stick and beats him over the head with it. Yeah, no, look, their dog, Snoopy, would just grab the stick with his mouth. It turned into a tug of war, and then they both And then nap. Brian would grab another stick and beat him over the head. And Brian would pull like, out a gun. <laughs> and then Brian would pull out a gun, and then he'll force him to put his, his mouth on the curb, and then he'll curb stomp him. That's not cool. No, it's not cool. No, it's not. It's not. But you know what? One less psychotic dog to worry about in this world. It wouldn't, right? Yeah, that's right, and Brian would be the less psychotic dog because Snoopy wins. <laughs> no, because Snoopy would be curb stomped. Absolutely not. No. 100%. No. I'm yes. telling you, Snoopy Snoopy pulls Brian into a weird, fucked up game of cat and mouse. Brian has no idea what's real anymore, and Snoopy comes from behind no. Brian, with, the, with 100%. the hammer that he has used to put up Christmas lights around his doghouse and fucking mashes Brian's head in. Brian 100% knows the difference between reality and this psychosis that he's not pulled into. Not after Snoopy gets his claws on him. And you just see Snoopy just like... Getting basically what he thinks is his scarf and goggles on, and really what he's doing is rolling around in shit. <laughs> That's absolutely and not it. Snoopy just, is legitimately Brian wearing a scarf and goggles. slowly puts his paws around his neck and squeezes and goes, shh, shh. 
I, and put Snoopy out of his fucking misery. We are not coming to an agreement on this one. We have to leave this one up to the audience. All right. So we are putting this out there. Brian versus Snoopy. Who wins in the throwdown? I don't think we've ever had a throwdown this contentious. I know, ever. right? This is amazing. <laughs> like... You well, I the thing is, because neither of us have facts to back anything up on this. I feel like we both do. Yeah, you know, we do. <laughs> You're right. And we viscerally disagree with our with each other's facts. So I think I think Snoopy being so psychotic is in his favor. Doug says Snoopy being so psychotic is a disadvantage. A giant. What do you think? Yes. What do you think is that's what we need to know now? Brian for the win. Snoopy for the win. <laughs> Doubt it. So let us know. Wayne, guys. Let what, us know. Wayne, what do you think? Wayne in. <laughs> Wayne, that's got to be our new thing. Wayne in. Wayne in. You give us your unsolicited opinion. Wayne, even though, we're so, even though we're soliciting your opinion in this, in yes. this time around. Yes. Everyone else, chime in. <laughs> Haig, Felucci, I know you've got some thoughts on this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bob's going to have thought, thoughts on Snoopy versus Brian. Absolutely. I, I would imagine yeah, so. We want our all-stars to win. We want people who we've never even talked to who listen to this. Officer Brock. Win. Officer Brock, let us know. You're you're a man of the law. Who yeah, would win? Exactly. You've seen some fucked up shit. He's a lieutenant now, I think. That's so, right. So, Lieutenant Brock. Brock. Hashtag Lieutenant Brock. Yeah. Hashtag Lieutenant Brock knows. That's right. He knows who's going to win. That's right. So, let us know, Lieutenant Brock. Uh, so let us know on our uh, Facebook page. You we, can you find can, us there. You can find it there. We're also on Twitter at MindGapPodcast. You can tweet at us there. You can tweet or, tweet at us. Tweet at us. And then uh, Justin uh, has a website. You can find called, me online. Uh, called RentThePool.com. Uh, kids and people welcome 12 months a year. <laughs> it's a new business model. <laughs> Uh, you can find me online at justinstrandland.com uh, where you can see some of the stuff that I've done in the past and also my new pool rental business. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram at justin underscore michael spelled M-I-K-E-L. Uh, if you want to, you know, holler at me there and let me know what you think, you can you can do that as well if you want. If not, whatever. Uh, while you're in the online realm, check us out on uh, Stitcher and on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Review us there. Um, and if you want generally we like you can leave like random reviews of like just general reviews if you want to get hyper specific and stay you know i was really into this podcast until they talked about snoopy versus brian then i was super into this podcast you can say that yes give people a reason why you love us so much uh, uh com slash mind gap uh is where you can find all of our uh, episodes and our past episodes com slash the best bar podcast ever is another podcast I do every Monday with Mila Stavanovich. It's about the bar industry, and it's quite fun, if I do say so myself. And uh, Doug, what do you have to promote? There? Or what are you, what are you, uh, what are you recommending for people this week? Uh, Star Wars. Go see it? That's the only thing. That what about the I Lego have? Batman movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, first 30 minutes of uh, Lego Batman movie. Pretty awesome. And that's not saying the rest of it's not. That's he just hasn't, I've he hasn't made it that far First yet. 15 minutes might be the best 15 minutes of cinema. That's, just saying. He's just saying. It's, he's putting it out there as, a, as the claim. If you like the Lego movie, you're going to love this one. There you go. So there you go. That's right. And I will say uh, I've watched the first episode of The Punisher. It's pretty cool. Uh, I don't think it's one of my the, the best Marvel uh, Netflix shows. But, but it ain't Iron Fist. It, but right? it goddamn ain't Iron Fist. I would say it's I love uh, what I said to Doug off mic. Uh, I love what they're doing. Uh, I love where where we pick up with the character, and I think John Barenthal is just fucking knocking it out of the park with this character. I'm very very happy with everything he's doing, and just an incredible incredible human being, an incredible actor. I listened to uh, yeah. the Nerdist podcast with him. Oh, nice, really cool dude. Nice, yeah. I like it. So, John, whenever you want to come on, feel free. John, we would love to have you. Exactly. 
Uh, yeah. You can settle this fucking debate. Yeah, Snoopy yes. or Brian. But the Punisher drops in and kills both of them. Done. There we go. There you go. Punisher for the win. Ah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Mind Gap Podcast.